Welcome to the Pew Football Podcast with me, Guillem Balaguer. Let me introduce you our guest today, Santi Solari. Does it ring a bell? Of course it does. To some of you, he will be the player that did so well with Real Madrid and won a Champions League, or the one that uh, showed his talent on the left-hand side of the attack with Atletico Madrid, or that guy with the long hair that uh, ran up and down the wing at Inter Milan, etc., etc. The beautiful podcast is a place, imagine your living room with a perfect sofa, with your television, but we put the television off, with big speakers and you're having a glass of wine, that's the Pew Football Podcast. And uh, to join us in the uh, in the conversation, as always, we've got Charlotte. How are you, Charlotte? I'm fine. You talked about uh, wine, so I'm French. So a perfect glass of wine for me. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, we I put good. We put some plans, yeah. make it even more <laughs> relaxing, and some paintings. Yeah, yeah, I, like I feel good. I have a, a beautiful football in France, so I'm really happy. And we have a love in common now with Santi, with uh, with Messi at PSG. <laughs> oh, yes. Already Messi has come out in the conversation. Stop showing off. <laughs> what a team that is. We'll have time to talk about that. Because, guess what? We've got the guest with us already. And this is someone who is very special for many reasons. Not your usual manager, I don't think. Somebody who um, decided, having had a career in elite football at the highest level, and having won the Champions League with Real Madrid before Atletico Madrid, went to Italy as well, etc. Um, he decided to become a manager, and that's the part that I'm more interested about. And he did that by saying, I'll deal with kids first. That's not your usual approach to it. If you had won so much, if you're so well known, if you're international with Argentina at times, then you try to just get a big job straight away, not him. That's Santi Solari. Santi, how are you? Hello, very well. Pleasure to, to see you again and, and to be here with you in this podcast. Well, Santi, I was saying that you're the usual manager because I'm sure you had the opportunity as soon as you retired and became a coach to actually get a job in the first division in any of the leagues that you played in. Don't say if you did or you didn't, but why did you actually take the step of, uh, of dealing with 14, 15-year-olds in the, uh, in the quarry of Real Madrid? Well, I think there are different reasons for that. No? One is that uh, I, uh, coaching is a completely different sport from, from playing. Uh, you need a different set of skills, obviously. And, uh, and you have to learn in the process. You have to deal with your formation first, academical formation. And then you have to try to build um, a body of knowledge before, you know, getting to to the real action in professional football, no? That was one of the reasons. The other reason was that I, I'm a physical fitness uh, professor. I, I had my degree while um, I was playing uh, in River Plate professionally already. And uh, I experienced what, is, what it is to, to, to be with kids, you know, at the, at the class, in the classroom or in the courtyard and, uh, and to deal with them and to learn from them as well. So I enjoy all that formation stages. Um, the, the third one is that uh, I really, I really didn't, didn't need or didn't want to rush the, the, the career when you, when you finish such a, a stressful and, and difficult career as a professional football player for 15, 16 years. Uh, 
you, you really don't, don't miss that excitement immediately, or at least that didn't happen to me. No, I, I know it is there and, and it can wait uh, and, and you can enjoy other things uh, meanwhile. And uh, Real Madrid gave me that first the, the, the Spanish Federation when I, where I finished my, my, my degrees and started my first practices. And then Real Madrid, 13-year-old kids, 14, 15, 16. And uh, it's really a stage that I enjoyed a lot and I wouldn't to keep doing, uh, only that when you are in the structure already, you don't have a call anymore. When you, they are, you know, calling you from bigger teams and you have to, you know, accept the new roles. But I wouldn't have mind to keep going a few more years coaching, for example, uh, uh, juveniles, juvenila, uh, 18, 17, 18 year old boys uh, that play a fantastic uh, um, uh, UEFA Youth League competition and... Uh, it is a stage where, where kids are uh, finishing their development. They still cry sometimes. They are vulnerable. Uh, many of them don't know if they're going to have a career. I, I mean, I enjoyed it so much. Welcome to the Pew Football Podcast with me, Guillem Balaguer. Charlotte, yeah. every time I try to do something with uh, in English with Santi, he always worries about his English. <laughs> do you think he should be worried about his English? <laughs> no. <laughs> your, your English is perfect, but we, 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 we should try it in French, but I'm not sure for you guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, <that's impossible>. uh, <laughs> Santi, you, you, you said really several things about your after career, but you didn't say anything about the football as a legacy in your family. Did it count for you in your after career, the fact that football is omnipresent in your family? Did it help you? Oh, of course. I mean, you grow up to what you see in your life. Sometimes you choose, or people choose a different way to get away from what they're you know, taught or what they saw uh, while they were kids. And, uh, but uh, some of us don't, don't have an option. No, that's what we saw, that's what we lived. And that's what we love. I fell in love in football I was very young. I mean, I was three, four, five years old. And, and, and the pictures that I can see from, from, from I mean, from those uh, moments are always with the ball, you know, or playing with the kids or, or playing in the, uh, at the school. So, uh, and, and then because of, you know, the work in, from my family, I had the opportunity to, to experience things that kids couldn't have experienced. Uh, Uh, locker room, professional locker rooms or the stadiums or, uh, you know, being able to go to those stadiums and, and, and at seven, eight, nine years old, go, go down to, you know, play a little bit with the professional. I grew surrounded by it and, uh, and of course, it helped, of course. In fact, uh, what well, we call intuition, the thing that uh, makes you take a decision without even thinking much about it, is the consequence of all that, isn't it? Of your experience, of your of your parents, or what you've been, or what you learn. So, um, but when you started dealing with kids at, at Real Madrid, a lot of it must have come naturally. But what was the hardest thing for you to go from, you know, the professional elite atmosphere to having to deal with these guys with their dreams and ambitions? I'll tell you again, it wasn't that difficult for me. It came quite naturally. And uh, yeah, but you have to ad adapt. After 16 years in professional football, you have to adapt. Uh, because the expectations are in, in the young football, 
uh, they are developing and they are, when you deal with kids, their, 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 their talents and their skills as football players, but they're building their character as well. They are growing as persons. They are not persons. So uh, it's completely whatever they feel. Everything has a great impact or can have a great impact on their days or, uh, and on their careers. So it's uh, uh, you need a lot of patience and a lot of uh, vocation to, 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 to dedicate yourself to those stages. And I admire a lot the coaches that and the younger the kids the more i admire the coaches it's amazing to see the coaches coach five or six or seven year old kids it is very difficult even to you know put them in a line to make an exercise or or to try to you know make them be all concentrated around an idea is 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 something that is it's just for 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 a few uh, very good uh, teachers no uh, what what is your your biggest lesson you've learned as a young uh, a coach for young players that serve you now as a coach for professional player but patience for sure yeah patience is is patience to teach patience to communicate uh, patience to understand that sometimes they, they they didn't understand what you were trying to communicate and 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 to be resilient on that and uh, and patience to see the results Because when you coach kids, you, you don't see the results uh, until, you know, five, six, seven, ten years later. Uh, but when they, they do appear, the results is the most rewarding, rewarding thing in the, in the world. In fact, you, you, there is something that I always like to do. Uh, the managers that started um, uh, with, with lower-ranked uh, teams or people from the, from the quarry, I like to link them to what happened to these players and see, look back and, you know, this is the team that they had, look at the players where they are now. And a lot of them tend to mention those managers that along the way have held them. So in your case, what young players have you had, which now they've done, they've done it well professionally and they must be at the start of their careers. I can think of three or four, but I'll let you choose some names. Yeah, but because you build a relationship that, that, that the relationship you can build with a professional football player. I mean, th that it can be very, very good and uh, of respect and admiration even. But, but when you build that relationship when they are young, uh, it, it's completely different. There's a bond there that it's difficult to get when they are already professionals. Yes. Uh, well, for example, uh, Federico Valverde, who, who got to Real Madrid Castilla very, very young, And, uh, and now he's, he's, he's a man and he's playing. Or, uh, or, or Vinicius, uh, who was 17 when he got to, to Real Madrid. Uh, a kid, a young kid, you know. Uh, Javi Sanchez, uh, Cristo, players all that, that are playing first division. No? Ashraf, for example. Uh, uh, or, or, or Fidalgo. I, I, I met him when he was at... at, at At the second juvenile team, Juvenil B, and then he was in, in, in the A team, and then he went to Cast. He when when he got to the to the stage to be in Castilla, he had to go away because he was still not mature enough to play for Castilla. So he had to you know go to other team and then come back. And then he was the captain of Real Madrid Castilla. And now I have him with me here in in America de Mexico. So. Uh, But there are other players that I had when they, they, they were 13 years old in Cadetes, Fran Garcia, uh, Rajo Vallecano, uh, uh, and uh, it, it, bueno, Jaime Seoane or, or Jaume Grau, they're playing in, uh, in Spain, uh, Borja Mayoral, who's playing uh, at Rome. I mean, 
I don't tell know, you many, one many, looks, many, many players. I'll tell you one that looks very highly of you. And it was partly down to the fact that you were listening to him and giving him information that he did not have. And I guess that's a story for most young players at the time. But talks very, very highly of you. That's uh, Martin Odegaard. Uh, Martin Odegaard, yes. He feels that uh, you dedicated a lot of time to him. You didn't have to because you had other players. He got to Real Madrid so young. He was 15 or 16 year, years old. And he was straight, straight to... He had it difficult because he went to, to train with the, with the first team, which none of his age uh, were doing. No, He was a talent, of course, but it's, uh, sometimes it's easier for them to, to start, you know, relating with their the kids, their, their age, knowing what the first team uh, calls you, than being all time. I mean, you learn other things because if you're all the time with the first team, you learn from the from the great guys, from the geniuses. But then he had to many times come back and play for, for Castilla. And sometimes it's, it's very difficult if you don't train with those players all the time. So he was growing footballistically and he was growing as a person as well. And uh, he didn't have it easy at Real Madrid at the beginning. And, uh, and he showed character and... And there were so many expectations on, on, on this young kid, no? So, uh, you know, to manage all that pressure from, from such an early beginning, it talks, you know, great about him. I'm, I'm really glad he, had a, he, he, he grew as a player and as a person, first going to Real Sociedad, then coming back, and now uh, playing in, in, in Arsenal. I hope he's happy. And, uh, and yes, of course, I dedicated a lot of time to him, as well to other players. So uh, if he, you know, got one thing from what I, you know, tried to teach him and, and, and it's good for him, I'm happy. Uh, right after your career as a player, you worked a little bit with the, the press, El País, see? Si? Well, yeah, eight years, not, not a little bit, <laughs> you know. Does this short time um, help you now to uh, your communication, but to give some advice to the young generation how to communicate and how to be with the press. Does it help you? Well, no, I think it, it's completely different uh, skills. No, uh, they were very patient with me. I, I, uh, I collaborated like eight years with, with them. It's, it's a long time. And uh, no, writing is such a difficult, uh, difficult thing. I mean, and, and, and when you are not, you know, when you weren't born for it or you didn't study when you were young, it takes a lot of, of practice no? to, to, to try to write and express yourself in a in a newspaper, mm. when you cannot rephrase, when you, where you cannot, you know, write it again, or if somebody didn't understand you, you are not able to, you know, correct yourself or whatever. It's, it's really difficult. And uh, uh, it's different from communication with a group or communication with completely different. I find it very, very difficult because it's not my, my area of expertise. I am actually glad that he decided to coach instead of write. Because I know at some point he would have written something on Messi and killed my books because he's such a good writer. So I, I cannot stay, write more than coaching. one page. <laughs> stay, stay coaching. Um, but I want, uh, especially the, the America fans and the fans in America, both uh, and in the world, I want you to, I want them to know you, you journey to, uh, to America, the Mexico now where you are. Uh, and I want to know why is it going so well? But to get to there, you also went through a, through a period in which you were thrown into a situation, which was the first team of, of Real Madrid, halfway through 
a season and then you had to deal with everything that was uh, around you. That was your first senior experience. Did you feel you were prepared at that point or and when you started having to give answers to all the questions that you had every day, did it come more right than wrong, you felt? Oh, oh yes, I think I was prepared and I was ready. I mean, uh, uh, yes, Real Madrid is, is, is um, I believe, or I, I like to think it's my house. You know, I, I, I had the opportunity to, you know, do the different different roles, uh, playing, you know, coaching kids, coaching in, in, Cast in Real Madrid Castilla almost three years, then coaching the first team, then being an ambassador. Uh, I know the club from within and I know, you know, all the structure and I, I felt that was, I was prepared and ready. But, you know, then the coaches have to deal with, with the, uh, uh, you know, the time that the, and the... Um, my English is getting wrong now. It's getting no. worse. Uh, with the things that are happening at that at that moment, no. Yeah. Uh, so you make the the decisions uh, that you consider necessary at that particular time. That's the the, the job that that coaches have to do, and to to try to make it better for the institution, uh, knowing what the the institutional goals are. And knowing the, the the history of the institute, you don't get to choose the time. When, uh, mainly when you love the the, the the club you you work for, you, you don't get to choose it. You have to be there when the club needs to. And so I feel it was a fantastic experience, and, and I'm very grateful uh, always. In fact, you actually went and did it the difficult way. Uh, if, you know, if if you are having your first experience where everybody's looking at you at the highest level, even though you were at Castilla, Real Madrid for three years, but when everybody's looking, and this is Real Madrid, it's normal to take safe decisions, if you like, just stick with the mm -hmm. teams. But no, you, you went and, and gave opportunities to Fede Valverde in the midfield, to Vinicius when he was 17, to Reguilón, uh, despite the fact that Marcelo was was still there. You must have felt the, the backing of the institution of Real Madrid for you to do that. Or did you just felt that that was the right thing to do at the time? I felt that it was the right thing to do at that moment. Uh, uh, you know, it, that's what we do, coaches. You know, we take the, we are there to make decisions, no? And to take decisions and to try to do it uh, right. Not just right with the heart, right with, the, you know, thinking about it, rationally thinking about it. And uh, uh, that's all, all, all I can tell you. Welcome to the Pew Football Podcast with me, Guillem Balaguer. We like to know with Guillem in this podcast what coaches are doing during their extra time. This is not a usual question, <laughs> but we like to know uh, what you're doing to, to relax, to just think about something else than football. Are you doing some activities, uh, not football at all? Some of them just told us, Guillem, yoga or just being by the beach. Are you doing some things for you in extra time? Well, of course, we, of course, we're, whatever we can, we have to, we, we try to, to, to avoid. Otherwise, uh, football can, can, can be very absorbing and you can be all day watching football. You have Spanish football, which I love. You have Italian football, which is very interesting. English football, always, you know, always there. And then all the South American football, I, I like to see some of the the Brazilian league that I try to 
to look up to as well. League, our rivals, our players in Mexico here, uh, the international tournaments. Uh, so if you if you want to you know watch it all, uh, you can be all day long watching football. So you you wouldn't have a family or or friends or you know you did you wouldn't even you know eat. Uh, so whenever it is possible, of course, I try to get away from it, from all it and you know go to the cinema uh, with my wife and uh, or or with my kids and you know try to get to know this fantastic city. Mexico is is an amazing, it's like a continent. Just the city itself. So many people lives here. So many you know so much history. So much so many traditions. So much culture. Uh, so we try to, you know, to get to know the city, which is very difficult because it's gigantic. Um, but yes, but there are different things to do. Of course, football absorbs you a, a lot of your time. But whenever, whenever I can, of course, I try to, you know, listen to my kids, see what, what is that they're feeling that, uh, that they want because they just left their schools to, to be here with me. And, uh, and all of them, what a normal family does. I've got friends in Mexico, um, in, in the capital as well, which tell me that um, the, gi- the gigantic shape or, or, or size of the city and earthquakes remind them all the time how little they are and that they actually um, you know, don't count so much in this natural world that is much bigger than them. Yes, I mean, sometimes... What, what... Living there in Europe, even in London or, or, or you know, Madrid, uh, we forget that there are other parts of the world with, with so many, you know, you know, geographically so alive because the, it's not only the earthquakes here. We have hurricanes all the time. Uh, hurricanes on the Pacific, hurricanes on the, on the, the Gulf of Mexico. Um, and then we have a volcano. Like I can see right now, I'm watching, you know, through my window, and I can see the, the Popcatépetl, which is one of the, you know, highest peaks here in Mexico. It's 80 kilometers away, but I can see it from my window. And sometimes, you know, it, you, you can see the, the smoke that it, you know, liberates over it. And so they have volcanoes too. It's so rich and so dangerous sometimes that it, you know, it, it puts you in completely different perspective. Yeah, of being very little. Yes. <laughs> Because you went through you went through an earthquake a few days ago. Yeah, three days ago. Yes, it moved. The building moved quite a lot. For me, that, that I don't ha- I didn't have an experience from, with earthquakes. I mean, then I went down, and people was were saying like, no, four years ago that was that was hard, and <laughs> not this one. And uh, I really wouldn't be here in a, in a one in one you know stronger than the one that was three days ago. You are in Mexico because you are at America. Um, for those that uh, not, don't know the club, just give us a little bit of context of, of what kind of club it is, uh, because what you're doing is extraordinary. But what did you have in your hands? Well, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, every country is a little bit, you know, uh, that what is the world when you look only to yourself? You know, that Spanish football, you know, it's always looking at Spanish football. English, English football is just, you know, what happens with... Chelsea, Arsenal, uh, uh, Man City, Manchester United, and the rest of the world like kind of disappears. But Mexico is it's a, it's a titan. You know, it, it, you have to multiply the population of those European countries for four, for for five, by four, by five. And America is uh, probably one of the most popular teams in in, in all Latin America. 
alongside probably, I don't know, with Sao Pablo or, or Flamenco or Boca River. Um, uh, uh, but in North America, we travel many times uh, through North American cities with player friendly matches. And America has a gigantic fan base in, in all the United States as well. So we have this, this huge stadium that everybody knows, the Estadio Azteca, with capacities for more than 110,000 people. It's, it's just huge. So everything here is gigantic. And the, the popularity of Club America is, is enormous. And we, we have to deal with that, expect, with all those expectations, uh, Guillem, which are great too. Charlotte and I have been uh, studying what you've been doing at, uh, at America since uh, the beginning of uh, 2021. Uh, which is more or less when, when you arrive, of course. Um, your percentage of wins, uh, it's, it's a record at the club for, you beat a record of 92 years. 83%, you take 83% of the points. I mean, you're impressed, Charlotte, aren't you? Well, how, it's how, not sustainable. Uh, uh, this, this, is, this is not an amount of point that you can, you can look up to because it's, it, it isn't real. I mean, you cannot, it's nine months but it's impossible to, to maintain, no? It's statistic, statistically no, not possible to do it. We, the team did very, very good. And, uh, but you, 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 if you lose a few games or you draw a few games, that, that percentage would drop. I mean, we are maintaining it and we'll, we'll try. And it is good for the players to see what they achieved, but it's not a, it's not a, a percentage that you can, you can say, no, we are going to try to keep this because no European club that it is that it is champion. Uh, it is with these percentages. I mean, uh, Man City. I, it was champion with seventy-eight or seventy-nine percent, uh, or, or Atletico Madrid, or or Inter de Milan, or Bayern Munich. No, so uh, and then you have that here in Mexico. The, the competition is unique as the country is. You have the marathon that is the, the regular season, and when it finishes, it opens up again, and then you have another competition with. 12 teams from 18, uh, from 17. Uh, yeah, from 18 teams, you have 12. Uh, and, and you have to beat them all again to be champions. So you have to be like champions two times to, to be champions here. And it's fantastic. I mean, I love it. It's, it's great. It's passionate. And, uh, and we'll try to, to, to do it this year. Charlotte, aren't you curious to find out how, how that's happened? So, so, so you, you don't, you, you don't talk so much about statistics and numbers with your players. You talk much about passion. How, how is your, your way of talking to your players? Well, it's, it's not only talking, no, we, we try, we, we, I mean, I try to be methodical and, and, and to work with a plan for the long run, no, uh, which allows you, allows you to, to, uh, to react to surprises. I think, mm. I mean, I like to work that way, uh, not to be always, uh, you know, reacting to reality. I don't, yeah. I don't like it. I mean, improvisation is good sometimes, but it's, it's not good in the long run. So we try to be methodical. We, we work with a method and uh, with a long-term plan. And uh, that gives you the, the, um, a serious plan that considers contingencies, gives, you know, everyone a sense of security and trust. I would love but the, but to the be... team is very, the team is very, is very, you know, committed and they are very receptive. Receptive, uh, yes. Yes. So that's, that's the secret. I mean, you, but the, if the team, the players are, uh, you know, they don't have a bond into it, they're not receptive. It is very difficult to, you know, to, mm -hmm. to, to, 
take these percentages of, of points. I would love to travel to Mexico and spend a week seeing you work. If I'm allowed into the changing room, see how oh, you should, you should. Works. I mean, it, because the city is amazing, the country is amazing, yeah. and the club is fantastic, and and you get to, you know. I mean, I, I've been in, con in contact with South American football because these are my roots and with Latin American football. But uh, sometimes from the European perspective, you, can, you are not able to see the, the, the size uh, of other uh, football countries. And this one is very special. But I'll tell you why I'm saying that as well. It's because I see the pictures and the videos of you as you training or the beginning of the training, what's allowed to film, to be filmed. And what I see is a guy that is like, I'm just passing by here. Do you mind if I just advise one or two things? Touching the ball with them because he's got quality to do so. Not imposing at all. That's the impression that you give, uh, that you actually, if you want, I'll give you some advice about what we should be doing. Um, am I getting close about the leadership that you... Well, uh, but, the, you know, the, the, the coaching has different stages and, the, and there are different days. And, of course, what people is allowed to see sometimes in the... Through 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 the media or uh, you know social media, we have we have a a whole uh, you know department that dedicates to that. Uh, bear in mind that America is is it's it's a brand from Televisa as well, so there's a huge you know network of filmmakers and uh, and studios that is behind us as well. So it's nice to see how they interact, you know, the club with the with the television and radio and and. Uh, everything else because it's part of our uh, it's more or less part of the same you know uh, global brand uh, uh, but sometimes you, you people is not able to see what happens in the training session in the most important part of the sessions because of course your rivals can watch it too so mm -hmm. so there are parts that are, are not out for everybody else to see you should know that that's how you get portrayed I don't know if you like that or not but uh... fantastic yeah I love it <laughs> I mean, the, the, the main characters and the protagonists of football, football players. And that I know, I have always known. And it's, that doesn't change now that I, that I coach. Yeah. Yeah, we, and there's, a, there's a, the, most, uh, the most seen character we've seen this last, uh, this last week is Messi. <laughs> I talked about him at the beginning of the podcast, but we've seen his... Uh, his big emotion. I saw him crying while he was showing, you know, uh, this trophy uh, in Argentina. That was absolutely so, so amazing to see him like that. We see him with a lot of emotions. That was a, um, um, that was not something uh, usual about Messi to see his feelings, how he feels. Uh, do you think that uh, the fact that he has been now in PSG has changed something about him? This new challenge. No, no. Well, about the, 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 what you said before, he, he fought so much to win something with, uh, for Argentina. He was so, so criticized for so long because he was winning things with Barcelona. and He couldn't win things with Argentina as if it was his fault. I mean, he, he was you know, doing his best and he got, got us to a final of the uh, World Cup final. Uh, so now, finally, finally achieving you know a trophy that was escaping Argentina for more than thirty years, uh, you know, see him crying yeah. with all his career, with, with with everything that he had achieved, shows you a little bit what football means for for, for players or for some players at least, and you know, 
all about you know fame and the money and everything else but but the the essence of football was right there you know watching him cry over a title and uh, what can i say about messi now he gave 16 17 years of his career to to spanish football spanish football is going to miss him and uh, i'm sure in france they are going to fall in love with him and, and football players need need to search for a a goal and an objective that motivates them because they 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 train with the, with the, with their bodies and, and you need to be emotionally driven to, to give it all otherwise uh, the decline is you know imminent you you need to put um, you know a carrot to follow and so if it was a moment for him that uh, to search other motivations somewhere else uh, i think it's good uh, good for us that we, we will keep, you know, continue to enjoy him because it's been, it's, it's going to be a, I don't know, I hope, I'm, I'm, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I don't think we're going to see a player like him soon. Yes, he'll be going uh, after PSG and the Qatar. The plan is maybe one more year PSG, but then into, into Miami, that's and then slow down a little bit, still competing though at that level. So we haven't got a lot of oh, Of course, I mean, a, a, another football that is, uh, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, underestimated because uh, American football, it, it grew a lot and now teams are competitive. I can tell you because we play the, the UEFA uh, for CONCACAF. We are in the semifinals and we are facing an American team, Philadelphia Union. So, so yes, uh, you, you still have to compete at that level. Yes. We are finishing the conversation and uh, I would like, uh, like with every podcast, that all the UK media takes things from it because we've been so interesting, but also because we've just given them one or two headlines. And, uh, and I wonder if you can help me. Let, let's, let's try to get a headline here. I'm not you good, be, you know, giving know. headlines. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah, 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 you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's not very good at giving headlines. He's very, 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 very intelligent. No, but what I want to say is I love to see you in the Premier League. I love to see you uh, managing uh, because, at the, say, 10 years ago, it, will, it was very difficult for somebody that proposed something different. Somebody had had the experience that you have to actually get into the Premier League. Now it's difficult because the best ones are there, but it will be a sign that you got to that level. Uh, is that something that, that in your motivation and your targets is, is, is a possibility to end up in the Premier League sometime? Look, I, 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 would, I had the chance or almost had the chance to go to the Premier League to play. Uh, but finally, I, uh, I didn't have it, I, and I went to Italy, which was a fantastic experience in Inter de Milan uh, because we won everything and it was a great team. But it, it's like something, you know, missing. I mean, uh, uh, going to England to the to the you know where football was born and uh, such an exciting league uh, to play. I couldn't do it, so yes, uh, there is a goal. Uh, of going some time to work there. Uh, I'm not in a rush at all. I'm working here in Mexico. I'm happy here. I don't know how many years more I have here. Uh, I'm enjoying this experience a lot, but eventually, yes, of course, that's a fantastic football that I, that I would like to, 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 to know and to experience. And, and now there have been many, many you know, uh, coaches that have you know, give their experience to the English football. Um, and uh, you have Bielsa there, and uh, Pochettino was there, and uh, and Pep Guardiola, 
and to share from different nationalities. So I think it, they opened a little bit the, the road uh, for some of us. Charlotte, do you think that Santi is more Bielsa, more <laughs> Klopp, or more Guardiola? In the way he plays on the system. Uh, I I I think you you, you, are, you are definitely special, and 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 Guilhem told me about that that you are uh, a little bit unique. Maybe you 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 remember me a little bit like Bielsa because I think that you act with your heart a lot and about the patience, about the fact that you listen to all your players, that you are really interesting about giving a link between them and you. And so there is something really human. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying that Guardiola is not human, <laughs> but there is something really human uh, with the feelings about the way you are coaching players. So I would say Bielsa. I like Bielsa. Are we getting this right? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you know, what I, I, what I think it's, it's uh, important for, for coaches is uh, that they, they are, you know, exactly what they are. Not try to be something else. You have, you can look up to to different coaches. I had so many fantastic coaches during my career, um, beginning with Ramon Diaz in River Plate, then I had Arrigo Saki as soon as I got to Europe in Atletico de Madrid, Ranieri, mm. uh, then I had Mancini in 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 Italy, uh, Russo Vicente del Bosque uh, in, in Real Madrid. Saki again as a sporting director in, in Real Madrid, Vanderlei uh, Luxemburgo, the Brazilian. I, so, so many, uh, Carlos Queiroz was of, one of my best coaches. So many good coaches. Um, so you can look up to them and try to, you know, uh, Cholo Simeone, he coached me in San Lorenzo, Marcelo Bielsa in the national team, uh, and, and try to take the, the best things that you learn from them. But when you coach, you, you, you cannot, you, you have to, you know, be be yourself, and uh, uh, that's. I think that's the the way because foot, football players are the most uh, intelligent in in the world. As soon as you walk into a locker room, they already know if you are lying or if you are saying the truth or you, you, if you are being yourself or not. Uh, so you 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 have to be true to yourself. A protagonist coach that adapts to what he has in his hands, but if uh, wanting more of the ball, having the ball, than not having the ball. That is a little bit the essence of uh, what I think you are for what I've seen in your coaching and in your, play, in your teams. Uh, good luck with the rest of the season with, with America now. is the, the difficult task of actually getting to the second part of the season and still uh, showing what you have showed so far. It is more like a knockout competition. So good luck with it. Good luck with the, um, with the semi-fans as well. And uh, hope to talk to you soon at the end of that when uh, we all celebrate uh, what has been a great season for you. Yeah, thank you so hope much. Hope to see you, uh, maybe. A... Yeah, hope to see you it in was, French uh, championships. <laughs> oh, I have to, I have to study a little bit of French before that. Uh, no worries. Thank you, thank you so much. It was, it was a pleasure. Thank, thank you, so you Santi. Bye bye.